Praise the Lord. Uh, listening to a podcast by Jensen Franklin, and um, he's a good preacher. He's preaching on, on Psalm 84, so I just want to just, just say I took an excerpt, excerpt or two from that to, to, to bring this message to you today. It's, not, it's nothing wrong with that as long as you give credit for it, right? And uh, Psalm 84 became such a powerful psalm, and I studied the psalm, and I found out uh, some powerful things for, for this moment where we live in this day. And uh, so I tied the message for me uh, to bring it on home to us. All I want for Christmas is church. That's all I want for Christmas. I'm not sure what you want, but um, I, I look back here in this in this Psalm of 84. Uh, before I, before I get there, though, I wanted to to check out a mentor of mine, Charlie Greenaway, and the scriptures um, uh, that we we uh, we will pull pull this up and see what we got here. Um, the only thing that's going to make it is the church. Let's see if I can read it. Hey, hey, hey! That's how you say. Hey, hey, hey! Y'all, anybody know Charlie Greenaway? Great missionary across Africa on a Harley Davidson. He was a pioneer. He was doing missions before anybody knew it. And he was a Pentecostal preacher. He'd pull out his handkerchief and he'd preach, you know, the old camp meeting preacher. And uh, he was my professor for missions class every morning, 730. And uh, you didn't go to sleep in his class. He'll throw an eraser at you. Hey, hey, hey. He's black Irish. Like, like, uh, he was, he was, he was strong. Very, very brass. You know, he's just, uh, he said, I'm going to make it because I belong to what? To the only thing that's going to make it, the church of Jesus Christ. When the stars fall down from their mooring and when the earth like a giant ember cools off, when the nations of the world have been forgotten and the institutions are gone and the stocks and bonds are gone and the pomp and circumstance or stance and the glory of materialism has been pushed off the cliff, there is one thing that will remain and it will have the stamp of eternity on it. The church, the church. The church, his church, hallelujah, the church of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, it will not die. Somebody ought to give the Lord praise. That was said in May 13th, 1988. I was in that service down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, when Charlie Greenway preached that. And I was shouting with him, and I hope you shout with me, because I believe the best days for the church are ahead. And so back it up once Back it up one slide, and uh, let's see, uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, and let us, me and you, turn to your neighbor and say, that's us. Let us thoughtfully consider how we may encourage one another to love and do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully, as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Powerful verse, you know, and, and today we're going to look at uh, temple worship in the Old Testament and Psalm 84. I just wanted to give you the, the preface there. there the, it, is, it is important that you catch this because the church didn't just start in the book of Acts. I mean, we have a church in the Old Testament. The people of God were the people of God. They were the prophetic people of God. They were the praying people of God. They were the, they were the priest of God. They loved God. They were God's people. And they congregated and they gathered together in the tent of meeting, in the place of worship, in the house of God, which we're doing today. So just for the record, uh, this is a, a psalm written by the sons of Korah. And uh, they put it to a Philistine lute. Can, Taylor, can you play a Philistine lute? Yeah, okay. Well, praise the Lord. Anyway, he's a chief musician. And, uh, this is the, 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 the heading of it was longing for temple worship. I don't know about you, but I, this year, long for worship at the house of the Lord greater than any other year in the ministry that I've been serving the Lord. This year. Because when you, something is taken away from you, it, it becomes more valuable all the more every day, right? And the threat in America, listen, there is a real threat in our country of ceasing to have church. And I just wanted to set this uh, in order today so you can see it and uh, read it with me. We'll read it in the beginning. We'll read it at the end. I want you to leave this place encouraged. Hebrews said to encourage one another. I want to encourage you at home. And again, I just want to say we're not here to condemn you. We understand while some are home, it's understandable. Right, Oak Grove? But 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 we also don't want to succumb to a culture that would just like to cancel church. 
So, how lovely is your dwelling place, or are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts? You'll see, O Lord of hosts, several times here. Psalm 84, 2, my soul, and I love this uh, amplified version of the Bible, my life, my inner self, longs and greatly desires for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Now, Chrissy and Taylor did not know when they picked the songs today that, that I would be preaching this psalm, but we sang a song that actually, that actually is verbatim right out of Psalm 84. How many know the Lord knows how to do that? The bird has found a house. It looks like they're jealous of the bird. And the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Very personal. Blessed and greatly favored are those who dwell in your house, who dwell in your presence. They will be singing your praises all the day long. Selah. Think about that. Can I tell you, I know you don't need a building to sing the Lord's praises all day long, but there's something very specific about singing to the Lord together. God calls us together. We're on this journey toward heaven, right? Blessed and greatly favored is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. That's what we're going to talk about today, the pilgrimage to the worship to the Lord in Jerusalem. Passing through the valley of Baca or the weeping valley, they make it a place of springs. Sometimes you gotta make church what it is, right? If you came in here without an expectant heart, you're gonna walk out without anything. But if you come in here with faith and an expectant heart full of worship, I mean, you'll leave here full of the presence of the Lord. You get what you want, right? And the early rain also covers it with blessing. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victory and power. Each of them appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob, think about that. When you see the word Selah, it means to think about that. Pause. Take a moment. Listen to our prayers, O God of Jacob. See our shield, O God, and look at the face of your anointed, the king as your representative. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand. I say this all the time, not really understanding that it was tucked away right here in the middle of Psalm 84, verse 10. I would rather stand as a doorkeeper at the threshold of my house, of the house of God, uh, of my God, than to live at ease in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. This is why. You want to know a reason why we love church? God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and honor. And no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed and greatly favored is the man or woman who trusts in you, believing in you, relying on you, committing themselves to you with confident hope and expectation. Would somebody give the Lord praise? This is the word of the Lord, Psalm 84. This is the Lord's word, and uh, and what a mighty, what a mighty church He has created, and so 2020. What can we say? I was in, you know, uh, you know my personality. I don't like to sit still for very long at all. But from from uh, March all the way to May 30th, two months, like 10, 10 weeks or so, we're sitting and we did our best to bring. Thank God for online. Can you say praise God for media? If we were not prepared, if we didn't have Ethan, if we didn't have the media team, if we weren't ready for cameras and equipment uh, to be able to go on live uh, on on camera, uh, then a lot of people wouldn't have maybe be able to have church uh, because we couldn't. And rightly so. We didn't know what was going on. Early on in the pandemic, we didn't know what in the world happened. And the, and the medical team, they didn't know much what was going on. Nobody really knew what to do. So we sat home. I'm just telling you about me. Sitting home for 10 weeks without seeing you and being in the house of the Lord was more than I could bear. It was more than I could bear. And we got online and we looked at you and you didn't say anything because I couldn't see what you were doing. But I knew you were there. So many things changed in 2020. So uh, so many things were taken away. Year of cancellations of everything. Canceled camps, camp- canceled events. Even church uh, was put off a while. But how hard it was. 
uh, to not be in the house of the Lord with you. And I miss being in church with God's people. But just let me say before I begin to preach this message, you can try to cancel a service, but you can't cancel church. Come on now. Christmas is not canceled. Can somebody praise the Lord? You can't cancel it because you can't take our faith away. You can't cancel our faith. You can't cancel our joy. You can't cancel our love. I mean, we're going to love each other whether we can meet in this building or not. We're going to hold on to hope. You can't cancel out hope. You can't cancel out joy. You can't cancel out peace. Because just because uh, you shut down a building, we are not, the building is not the church. We are the church. And it's in, it's incredible, it's very important that we hold on to this because you can't cancel our testimony. We are Old Grove. We've been around for a long time. And you might be able to shut down the building for a little while. It disturbed me that America was trying to shut down the church. And I think in the days ahead, if we're not careful, if the church doesn't stand up and be strong, we could cower back and allow them to take away the right to worship the Lord in, in the church. God forbid. Amen. We are the church of the living God. And uh, and so some of us need to know what the church is. The church is the ecclesia, the called out ones, the people who are set apart for the glory of God. We are the people of God. No different than the Old Testament than the, Old, the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they worshiped God in the tabernacle, then in the temple. In the New Testament, they had the synagogue, right? Do you understand? And the synagogues were created for those who lived away from the church. If you, J- Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth. But, uh, but the requirement from the Lord was to meet in the temple in Jerusalem at least three, four times a year. They had seven festivals, but three or four of them were, were mandatory at least. And a pilgrimage was having to be made uh, required of the Lord. But I want to say to you, I don't go to church just because it's required. I go because it's desired. How many of those are the big difference between duty and desire? I'm not here today because it's a duty. I'm here because I love the Lord. And I know you do too. And we're here to worship the Lord together. And just because you close a building doesn't mean you cancel the church. Can I get an amen? And now every year. My girls asked me for Christmas, Daddy, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Well, all I want for Christmas this year, I can tell them right up. All I want is to have the church back in session. I'd like to have everybody back in, not separated. Thank God you're here and you're over there and I know where you are. I know where you are. But, but oh, how good and pleasant it is when the church comes together in unity. We have to work real hard this year to keep the unity of the faith, to keep everybody together, to check on everybody, to make sure everybody's safe. It's hard. It's hard. But we have to do what we have to do. I'm thankful for the educators have have saw fit to get our kids into school. We can't shut down the school and we certainly can't shut down the church. We want to shut down something, shut down the government. I mean, I think we can live a day or two without them. But the church, man, we need to keep on going. Amen. All I want for Christmas this year is the church to see God's people back in the house of God, back in the worship of God, back in the word of God, back witnessing for God together in the Lord's house. There should be a desire in our hearts uh, uh, to dwell together in unity. Let me just ask you today. Do you miss church? Do you miss being in the Lord's house? I look forward to coming to church. I do. I look forward to seeing you. Um, I know we all have a personal relationship with God. And I know the presence of the Lord is omnipresent. The Lord is omnipresent. He can be here. He can be in your living room. He can be everywhere. But there is something specific about being together. It's not about you personally. It's not even about you and God. It's about all of us corporately strengthening each other, making the journey together. Brother Max, I want to make it to heaven. I want to make sure you make it. You make sure I make it. There's accountability in the house of the Lord. There's unity in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. I get to see your kids. You get to see my kids. Come on. It's a wonderful thing to be the family of God in the house of God. And so I look forward to it. And so I want to take a look at this. Um, Encourage you today to fall in love with God's house and God's people and God's word. So, uh, So I told you already I'm not here to condemn 
Just listen to the story. I feel like shouting. Amen. It's a powerful story in the book of Psalms. Uh, it's, it's Psalms is God's best hits, basically. He wrote a bunch of, a bunch of best hits and, and you know, many of you know, Psalm 23. It's the shepherd, right? The Lord is my shepherd, very personal. And it's the most famous Psalm. Psalm, uh, Psalm 51 is known as the repentance song. Uh, psalm and 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 it's david repenting before the lord i mean oh that could be a, a song some of us need to sing lord help me don't take your spirit from me renew a right spirit in me oh lord right thank god we can have repentance to the lord and come back if we've fallen away if we got out of the habit i mean oh it's not too late to come back all i want for christmas is god's people to make it right get in and then there's also psalm 91 the protection psalm He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my rock, my refuge, my fortress. In Him will I trust. Amen. There's nothing by any means can hit me if I'm in the presence of the Lord. The people of God loved the Lord and the psalmist sang the song. But Psalm 84 in theology is known as the Pearl of Psalms of the, this, this is the Psalm of Psalms. And, and I just want to break it down a little bit because it tells a story. Speaking directly to the early pilgrimage of the Hebrews when they were required to go to the temple in Jerusalem. And that's not an easy track, right? And it was written by the sons of Korah. We'll deal with that in a minute. But you make sure you, you note that. Um, they were reminiscent of the journey of, to the house of the Lord. The families of God, the, the pilgrims, the Jews, they would get together. If it was Joseph and Mary and Jesus, they were in Nazareth. They would make that trip two, three days. All the way uphill, all the way to Jerusalem. Everything is uphill if you're heading to Jerusalem. And by the way, Jerusalem is in the exact center of planet Earth. I mean, only God can do that. If you go look geography, look at the map, you will see that Israel, Jerusalem, is at the exact center of the earth. That way, I believe when he comes, every eye shall behold him, north, south, east, and west. How I many know our God is a smart God? And even in the land, even historically, even geographically, even spiritually, God has a plan for his church. And God, Jesus himself said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so here we are. It was big time in center of of Hebrew life. It was big. The church is called out and they were making their pilgrimages three or four times a year. It's huge in Hebrew culture, Right. They go to God's house and uh, every year they'd pack up their families, meet other families on the road and travel in groups. Sometimes large gatherings would camp together. Uh, they didn't have a whole lot of uh, hotels or, or buses. They didn't charter nothing. They got up and they, and they got their carts and their donkeys and they packed their backpack and their tents and, and they, and they got with the cousins or their families along the road to, to Zion and they, and they began the journey and they did it together. How many know churches meant to be together? And they, they began to carry the kids and uh, the babies. And the journey was tough, but it was also festive. All along the way, they would sing. They would sing songs together, the songs of Zion, the songs of the church. How I many know oh, it's one thing to worship the Lord by yourself and sing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? It's another to sing together. One of the things that the enemy done because of generational differences and likes and dislikes about music and your different genres of music is he's tried to separate us from singing together. I mean, oh, the church needs to rise up and sing something to the Lord. I don't know if you want to find a song that you can sing silent night. I don't care what you sing, but we, when you sing it together, I mean, oh, the glory of the Lord is shining above us. He's not ever wanted us to sing separately. But on the journey, we sing together. They, they would sing. They would celebrate. They would dance all the way to God's house. It was wonderful, wonderful time of celebration and the way to Zion to, to the King of glory. Every mile, they would dance. Then they would eat. They would sing. They would rest. And they would eat again and again. And it sounds like the church, doesn't it? All we do is eat and meet and meet and eat and sing and dance. Yes, indeed. Before COVID, I was like 110 pounds. Not true. Not true. But I'm not made to stay home and eat, 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 eat. We've got to get with God's people to eat a little bit, right? 
Sounds like church to me, and I love to come be here with you. But their journey was all the same. It was uphill all the way. Uh, Israel's the highest point in Israel uh, is, is Jerusalem, which made going to travel there tough. And uh, today I'm talking about the importance of getting to God's house. And so these families are tracking toward the Lord's house, knowing it took sometimes days to get there, and it was not an easy trip. And it was set on seven mountains, seven hills, all the way up. And uh, all the way. You remember when Jesus was just a little boy, Mary and Joseph went to the temple, probably Passover or Pentecost or one of those feasts. And they went on up. And uh, and after the time there, the weekend or whatever it was, the, the Sabbath, they went into the temple of God. They served the Lord together, Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And on the way home, what happened? They lost Jesus in the house of the Lord. Come on. How many know you can't get lost in the house of God? But they did. Jesus, they headed back. It was probably because they're on that caravan. They all packed up. The cousins were with the cousins. How many ever lose a kid on a journey? Nobody. I know one or two of you in this house lost a kid on the highway at a rest stop. I'm not pointing any fingers. (laughs) But but I know your stories. But Jesus somehow got, uh, and, and you remember where he was? He was in the temple. Blowing the minds of the scholars who thought they were smart. How many know Jesus was 10, 12 years old blowing their minds? You know why? Because church was important to the Jewish culture. They had that boy in church as he was a little baby. They brought him into the synagogue. Simeon and Anna took him and offered him up to God when he was eight days old. Is anybody hearing me? It pays to get your kids in the house of the Lord. He was already infiltrated with the word of God and the law of God. And that's exactly what happened when they were bringing, uh, when Jesus got lost that weekend. This time they were going home when they realized Jesus wasn't in the, in the journey, in the pilgrimage with them. They had to go back and find Jesus. And that's where he was. Amen. You say, well, pastor, the reason you love the Lord is because you're the preacher. You love going to God's house because you have to be here. Can I beg to differ? I haven't always been a preacher. And when I first got saved, I couldn't wait to get to the house of the Lord. And when they opened the door, I was there. Wednesday, I was there. On Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school. If they had a Bible study, I was at the Bible study. It wasn't because I was addicted to church. It was because I was addicted to Jesus. This thing has to be put in perspective. We've made church some duty when it ought to be a desire. I hope you see this because because uh, it was a family thing to do. And Jerusalem, if, if you didn't know it, uh, I told you it was at the center of the earth. Only God can do that. But uh, it was a necessary part of their life to get to the house of the Lord. And, and I just want to ask you this morning, what would compel people? Why would they go through all the trouble to get to Jerusalem, to the temple? Can somebody shout, it's worth the trip. It's God's will that you get to the house of the Lord. It's God's will that we sing together, that we worship together, that we hold each other up in prayer. One of the things I miss the most is our prayer line. But last Sunday we had a prayer meeting. Jill, Jill's not here this morning. She must have had to work. But yesterday she testified. She had, uh, she was sick and she was coughing and then having, uh, chest pains, chest pains real bad and coughing. And she said last Sunday, the Lord, uh, after the testimony of Thomas, she came down to the prayer and, and she said when she went back, she hasn't coughed since and she had no chest pain. Tell me, no, the Lord is still doing something in the house of the Lord. She's probably at work today. But we understand people have to work. We understand people have situations where they can't be. So this is not, this is not trying to do that, put guilt trip on anybody. I'm trying to, to encourage you, to spur you on to love and good works, to make you fall in love with God's house again, and to be there as often as you possibly can. Why? Because it's worth the trip. It's worth the trip. It's hard. It's challenging. Kind of like where we are today. Shutdowns and masks and online church and restrictions everywhere. And it's inconvenient and it's unfamiliar because it's not as it was in January last year. It's tough. It's been tough on churches. It's been tough on preachers. It's been tough, tough on essential workers and people. It's not the same. It's just not the same. Is anybody hearing me? But I want to just to encourage you because overriding all of that, some people got out of the habit, but listen to me, listen to me, overriding it all for Israel was one thing. Though it was tough to get to Jerusalem, though the journey was long, it was worth the trip. Come on, church. It's awesome to be in God's house. 
That's where the presence of the Lord is. In fact, the temple is still there on the temple mount. Destroyed. All you got is a south wall, uh, the wailing wall, the weeping wall, the prayer wall. And people go there every day from around the world, put prayers in the crack. It's because it's not because it's made out of limestone. It's because that's the last place they remember the powerful presence of God being. They remember that. And this is the Jewish culture. And so whatever mountain you've got to cross or valley you have to get through, how I many know oh, you got to get ready to go to God's house? You got to get your kids packed up. You say, well, Pastor, I've got, I've got six kids. Well, you should have thought about that before you had six kids. I don't care if you have ten kids. It doesn't, it doesn't cancel church. My mama had eleven. No wonder she didn't go to church, right? You say, Pastor, I've got every excuse. I work every day. I work all week. Listen, the day as it belongs to the Lord is the Sabbath day. You say, well, it's on Saturday. Then go to church then. But make sure you get to God's house, right? Find a Sabbath. In fact, in the New Testament, every day is holy day. Every day is Sabbath. And so you got to make sure you don't get caught up in rituals and rules and start getting involved with relationship and desires. It's overwhelming, I know. It's tough to pack your kids up. They had to pack. They had to unpack. Max, they had to go three or four days. They'd pack it up, and they'd find they'd even lose your kids on the way. Where's Johnny? Where's Jesus? Right? It wasn't easy to keep track of everything. They had to bring food. They had to cook on the stove out in the fire in the desert. There wasn't no hotels. There wasn't no, there wasn't no uh, uh, Cracker Barrel on the inner of every corner of Cracker Barrel. Come on now. That wasn't easy. Yet these people did it. They got it up. They got up the courage. They got up the, the strength and made the journey to God's house because it was worth the truth. In fact, more importantly, they were making memories with their families. It's going to God's house is critical because you're, you're giving your kids the best Christmas gift ever. Man, we're going to have a nice weekend. Next weekend, we're going to do the Global University. And then the 20th, we're going to have our kids minister. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to see your kids on the platform worshiping and ministering, telling the great story of Jesus and his love. How awesome is that? And yet you have some people say, I'm not going to church today. It's all about the kids. I mean, you need to get a clue. It is all about the kids. How are we going to have a generation or a church if we don't invest in the children? And this thing was about the children. Pack up little Johnny and Susie and let them go. Let's go to the house. Where are we going? Back to church again. Yes, back to church again. If you don't think that's important, wait till little Johnny and Susie get to be 18 and they're smoking pot and drinking and and drugging and doing everything else. Then you're going to regret the day you didn't invest in that child. Raise up a child in the way they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart. It's a responsibility, major important to pass down. What did they do around the campfire, Max? I'm sure they told stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm sure they told stories of the Jordan River being open and crossing the Red Sea and then, and then Pentecost where they camped out at night and looked at the stars, right? And thank the Lord for the autumn harvest, seeing God bring rain, farmer and the latter rain. Come on now. They had something to tell their children. And yet there's people today telling our kids, you don't believe the Bible, do you? Then not everything in the Bible is real. I mean, oh, you better get a hold of those people before they corrupt the mind of our generation. Every bit of the Bible is real. I said every story is real. It's true. And we got to tell it to them and tell them again and get it in them. That's why I love Royal Rangers, Missionettes. I know it's not Missionettes. Don't judge me. But you can change the name 50 times. I'm still say missionettes. Royal Rangers, missionettes, youth, children, nursery. I mean, from the earliest age, we ought to bring them babies in the house of the Lord. They're the best Christmas gift you'll ever give. What do I want for Christmas? I want our families to know how valuable it is to go to the house of the Lord. Pack it up. It's worth the trip. Pass down the stories. Amen. And that's what church is for me. And making memories. It's hard to get up and go to church every time. I know kids are ready and on. But it's worth the trip. Amen. When I think about the memories of Old Grove, I can't. Oh, we've been here 19 years. Just Old Grove memories. I have memories of other churches too. 
I have memories in my own home church of my pastor. I'll never forget the when I first got saved, I'd go to the altar. I'd go to the altar all the time. If I were the devil, I'd shut the altar down. I'd close the church because if you let those people keep going, they're going to take the world for God. He knows how vital church is. And I went to the altar. Never forget my pastor coming behind me and laying his hand on my back. Big old tears, hot tears fell down my neck. And I realized somebody out there loves me. Somebody's praying for me. There's a church that cares about me. If I get in a rough time, I'm going to be all right. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, it's going, you're going to be all right? Come on, tell them. You're going to make it. Tell them you're going to make it because we are the church. If I make it, you make it. If you make it, I make it. Together we go to Zion. Together we go to Zion. And it's a beautiful thing. Come home. We miss you. Those of you who just uh, have no other reason to miss, just to miss, you got out of the habit. We miss you. If you're online listening, we miss you. Those of you who got out of the habit of going, we, we need you to get back in to the house of the Lord. Just a, an encouragement, not a condemnation, just an encouragement. If you don't realize what you're missing, maybe you don't realize what your children are missing. You might be able to get by, but your children really need a foundation in the house of the Lord. And when they came up over the hill to Zion, there was the temple, Max. It was shining bright white marble limestone. You could see it for miles, shining the big old columns of the temple of the Lord. And they could see it. And all they wanted to do was get to God's house. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to go to God's house. It was critical. You're giving your kids something. Amen. Come and go with me to my father's house amen i feel like breaking out in song (laughs) to my father's house where there's peace sweet peace in the house of the lord in the sanctuary in the tabernacle in the tent of meeting where we can meet with god feel the presence of god be with the people of god and you can invest in, in a memory with your children a heritage that money can never afford Get into the habit. All I want for 2020 Christmas is to have church with you. You know what I want for Christmas this year is to have prodigals come home. How many old prodigal sons and daughters who were raised in church ought to, ought to be able to be encouraged to come home today? Children and grandchildren, come home. I said, come home. All who are weary, come home. Find a place in the house of the Lord. Amen. In Israel, if they can do it, we can do it too. Amen. Come on home. We miss you. I, I want you to see how vital the church is. Uh, it, it is and it was to the Hebrews. Uh, Psalm 48 was a sister psalm to Psalm 84. Do I have Psalm 48? Uh, they were investing in the next generation to keep the church alive. There it is. 84, 48. How many know this is incredible? Switching. You're not dyslexic. We switched. Here we go. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. You remember that song? Great is the Lord. You want to sing it with me? And greatly to be praised in the city of our, in the mountain of, his holiness beautiful for situation the joy of the whole earth is mount zion on the sides of the north the city of the great king boom 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 don't sing it no more that's good isn't that a great song i sang it when i was growing up in church i sang it i didn't grow up in church i was already grown up but i was growing in the spirit right I had to take all I could get because I, I was a late bloomer, right? But it's a sister psalm to Psalm 84. Doesn't It's just awesome to me. And it says, great is the Lord, right? And, and, the, and the mountain is the temple mount. And Mount Zion is the mountain where the temple was, right? And the temple is the church where God was. And, and the writers are, are singing, great is the Lord in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Great is God, therefore great is God's house, and therefore great is God's word, and therefore great is God's people. I can't wait to get to God's house. That's how it was. In Mount Zion, on the sides of the earth, the city of the great king, you could tell on their pilgrimage, they were, they were really looking forward to getting to that place. 
And the psalmist is talking geography about it when he sees the beautiful mountain of God on the temple. And, and it's glorious because God is in it, right? But it was also glorious in its architectural. It was beautiful, beautiful. In fact, here it says the church was beautiful for situation. And uh, and that's why we love church, because it's beautiful for every situation, everybody's situation. You need God and you need the church. If you have a situation, you need to give it to God and give it to bring it to God's altar. Get it to God's house. How many believe God can take care of it? If you make an effort by faith to get up and go to God's house, how many believe God will meet you here? God's people will meet you here. God's word will meet you here. The prayers of the people of God. You can have miracles as Jill had. Get up from the altar and be totally healed. How many believe still God still does miracles? So it's beautiful for every situation. If your marriage is suffering, get to God's house. I'd rather find my partner in the front seat of the church than the back seat of a car. Oh, somebody needs to help me preach today. If your kids are acting crazy, get them to God's house. Don't wait till it's too late. It's beautiful for every situation. The church is a beautiful place for the next generation. And the next, you know, the Satan is saying is that the generation coming up is saying the church is outdated. It's null and void. It's no more good. It's not relevant. How many know that's a lie from the pit? The church is relevant and it is beautiful. You just got to teach it to them, tell it to them, bring them to God's house and the spirit of God is here. How many know the spirit of God will touch them if you get them here? The Spirit of the Lord is here. I said the Spirit of the Lord is here. It's at the church that God can heal them and touch them and convict them of their sin. You see, the the world and the church culture, the subculture in America, has tried to make the church enough like the world to attract the world to the church. How many know that's a mistake? You make the church be the church and the world will come to find the Lord. You don't change a church to win the world. You keep the church and change the world. But it's kind of backwards, and Satan's putting a, a heyday on the church today. But that's what church is to me. Bring them here where the God can change their hearts. That's what I want for Christmas. I want to be a place that if you're sick and your body, you can come to the house of the Lord. And the Bible says in James 5, 14, call for the elders of the church to lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith will raise up the sick. It still works. The Lord's house is so, it's so important. Everything you need is in the Lord's house. You can find it here. Amen. I said, if you need a miracle, you can find it here. What do you want for Christmas? You can find it in the house of the Lord. There are people looking everywhere for everything and they can't find it. But everything you need is beautiful. It's right here. Because I I, I just got to tell you, I believe that uh, hope is here. Hope is here. Faith is here. Joy is here. Amen. Kindness is here. Compassion is here. Love is here. It's worth it when you came, when you come to God's house and make the trip. It's, it's worth it. If you're fearful, if you're stressed out this morning, peace of God is here. I just want to tell you that something happened in Israel's day that uh, hindered them from going to the house of the Lord. It's pretty powerful. I just want to jump ahead in my notes. I appreciate you letting me preach it. When you look at what happened to Israel, it begins to make sense. Something happened to these pilgrims in Deborah's day. They were on their road to Zion. And uh, as they were traveling on to Jerusalem, they were invaded by an army. There's a, how many know there's a real enemy out there that was trying to hinder the people of God from coming to church? And they were on the army. They were on the traveling with their, or the, all their families, like I shared with you just a bit ago. And, uh, and uh, the church was singing and enjoying the journey. And uh, they invaded them and, and uh, looted them, robbed them. Violence was in the streets. Are y'all hearing me? Shutting things down and burning things up. And, and the culture, the, the wicked culture of the world put fear in the church. And what happened was the church stopped going on the road to Jerusalem. The people of God became afraid of the enemy was blocking the way. The enemy would ambush the travelers on the highway headed to God's house. Therefore, they stopped going to worship. They stopped going to God's house. So, Deborah, can somebody give it up for a lady full of the Holy Ghost? Deborah, the only woman in the Bible who was given the office of judge over Israel. How many know that's a breakthrough, right? And God used her in a powerful way. She was an awesome leader, awesome lady. And she says in Judges 5, 6, I believe it's on there. uh, It speaks to the pilgrimage. Look at that. The highways were unoccupied. 
in the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael. The highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked through byways. They had to find other pathways. They tried to find other ways, crooked paths to try to escape the bandits on the highway. Kind of like the road to Jericho. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? And the inhabitants of the villages ceased. Do you see that in verse 7? They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, rose, that I rose a mother in Zion. I mean, oh, God can raise up whoever will get fed up with the way the world is going and saying, I will refuse to let the culture of our world dictate what the church is going to do. And she went in and she uh, took care of the enemy. This text is directly connected to the pilgrimage of the Israelites going to the temple. She noticed there were no more travelers on the highway. They were unoccupied for the people of God were allowing fear to hold them back from the journey to the house of God. Can I just tell you, this is about as simple as it gets. We can't afford to let the world or the courts or or this culture stop us from making a priority of church. You can't allow yourself to be so conditioned to do without church as though it's an option. They were required to go to God's house, first of all, but they also desired to go to the house of the Lord. If you don't get that together, you, you're, uh, you're, if you lose desire, pretty soon you don't care if it's required or not. It has to start in your heart. Are you hearing me? And so we're allowing fear to hold us back from the journey. And it bothered Deborah, and I got to tell you, it bothers your pastor. And we can just act like nothing's wrong. But how many know there's a real problem in America today? When they would rather open up a strip joint in California and close all the churches, how many know we have a problem in America? Houston, we have a problem. Because I think the church is far greater than any other institution out there. Close anything you want, but don't close the church. In fact, in Jewish culture, the church and the educational system and the family were all in one. I mean, oh, the synagogue was the house that the house of God, the synagogue was the church, was the teaching, was the school, was the parenting, everything centered around church. The church. And what happened? Is when Roman, uh, the Roman culture began to come in and put tax, uh, the tax Ramona, they began to tax the people who were Christians. They didn't want the Christians to be taxed. They wanted the Christ- Christians to be taxed so they can get something out of it. And all the Christians were going to the synagogue. Are y'all hearing me? All the new believers were going to, they were not Jews, were going to the synagogue. So the synagogue was already free, free from taxes. But now that the new people were coming to Jesus, they were going into the synagogue. Is anybody hearing me? The Romans said, we need their money. So they began to tax everybody who goes to the synagogue. And that's when, listen to me, that's when the Christians, not the Jews, the Christians backed out of the synagogue and said, if they're going to tax me, I don't even have to go there. I mean, the devil always has a strategy to try to hinder the church of God. But can I tell you, there is still a remnant of God's people who are going to go to church no matter what. There's a people who say that the Roman government can't stop me. Nobody can stop me. God is calling me to his house of worship. And you can do what you want, but I'm going to church. Can you say amen? And so Deborah was bothered. In America, we, we need to get ourselves together. Something's wrong with the picture here. We have to open up churches again, get our families back in the house of God. That's what pastor wants for Christmas. Don't buy me chocolate. Don't give me an Andy's gift card. Show yourself up to church and bring your kids. No government should ever hinder the house of the Lord. And God used Deborah to open the highways again. And before you get offended, I already told you. We need to be reminded, even us. Hebrews said, the last days are on us. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Make it a priority. This idea of coming whenever you feel up to it. I'm talking about well-bodied people who can get up and go in the woods and kill a deer, but you can't go to church. Help me out. You can get in the mall, go shopping on Black Friday, White Friday, any Friday, but you can't go to God's house. How many know something's wrong with that picture? If you have the energy and the well-bodied enough to go and do whatever you please, you ought to be able to get up and get yourself to the house of the Lord. So we, we do what we want to do. And I told you already, some people can't. 
They have issues why they can't. We understand that. Most of those people call and say, Pastor, we can't. We'd love to. We miss it. Pray for me. I want to be there. And, and they re- respond. But others have never even, never even had a word to say. Hopefully they come back. We're praying them back. The church needs you. And if there's ever a day that, listen to me, if there's ever a day you need the church, you need the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need Old Grove. No, you don't. But you do need the Lord's house. So those who are are well-bodied enough to do whatever they want, go anywhere they want, they need to be in the Lord's house. Boy, I wish I had an amen for preaching the truth here. Can I ask you, is that all it takes? Is one virus to shut down the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? I challenge you to get back. We need you like we never needed you before. We need to sing together, worship together, pray together, eat together. We should desire to be in the presence of the Lord. David said it, Psalm 122, 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And look what he said. Oh, our feet shall stand within the gates, O Jerusalem. Same thing. David couldn't wait to put his feet in Jerusalem. I was glad when President Trump made Jerusalem the capital of Israel. And I was glad if any leader in our country stays on the side of Israel. If you bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you do not bless Israel, you will not be blessed. And that's all there is to it. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Mess with Israel, you're messing up. And so I challenge you to get back to the place. Now watch this. The sons of Korah wrote this psalm. I got five minutes left. Seven generations have passed since Korah. Now you know who he was, right? Korah's rebellion. Seven generations later, his sons, who are musicians and songwriters, are writing this psalm. Seven generations later. And when you read it again, (laughs) what happened to Korah? Korah led the rebellion against Moses. Do you remember that? Korah, uh, uh, Korahite, uh, he, he, he was a Levite, a priestly family, and he thought, he thought he should be the priest instead of, of Aaron. How I many know there, that's how leadership gets ugly in the house of the Lord. Somebody thinks they ought to be the leader over somebody else. How I many know you better pray through and let God choose the leader? And Moses, who could have said to Korah, shut up and sit down, he allowed the Lord to do it by bringing the censors, 250 of them, right? 250 that were with Korah in the rebellion. They brought their censers and their incense to the, to the tabernacle. And the Lord, and the Lord showed that Aaron was the high priest. I know if you'll stand back and let the Lord order the thing, the Lord will show who should be the leader. Who should have the mind of God for the house of God besides the shepherd he put there. And Moses was the leader and Korah and he has led a rebellion against Moses. And God said, you know what? I'm going to handle it for you. I'm going to handle it for you, Moses. And he opened up the earth. I hate to tell you, but how many know judgment comes to people who rebel against God? And it opened up and swallowed all of them. You know the story. And they were forbidden from the tabernacle. Well, I hope there's never a day in my life where Oak Grove is forbidden or I am forbidden from the presence of the Lord. That's what David said in Psalm 51. Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. That's why you see him in Psalm 27. We'll get to that in a minute. Seven generations later, the musicians and the songwriters from Korah's lineage, his sons were rising up to tell us something. They're telling us something, Oak Grove. See, God had forbid them, but now, after seven generations of being banned from God's presence, they have a breakthrough. Oh, I just want to look at it again with you. Look at it. Listen, just thinking about it now. How lovely are your dwelling places, oh God. Seven generations, my parents, my grandparents didn't have it, but thank God I'm allowed back in the house of God. My soul yearns, even fates for the faints for the courts of the Lord, for the courts of the Lord. You understand? That's not the inner temple. That's the courtyard. He said, if I could just get in the out, if I could just get in the foyer, my soul faints just to be anywhere around God or his people. If I can just get on the outside steps, I'd be blessed. It's a wonderful privilege to be able to come into the presence of the Lord. 
He said, oh, my family rebelled, but I want to get back. How long it's been since I've been in the presence of the Lord. How lovely is the dwelling place. My soul, my heart cries out for you, the living God. Expect to hear from God when you come to God's house. Expect to receive from God when you come to God's house. Expect to get a touch from God when you come to God's house. Expect to hear from God. Expect to get the Holy Spirit's presence and power. They long for my soul, thirst for you, the living God. It's like David in Psalm 27, Melissa's favorite verse. What does pastor want for Christmas? (laughs) One thing I ask of the Lord. Let's do it in the message. Oh, my, we didn't even get to that. I'll go back to that because it's too much. The message says, I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, to live with God in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty, and I'll study at his feet. I love verse 10. Better is one day in the house of the Lord than thousands elsewhere. Thousands elsewhere. You choose where you want to go. You choose where you want to be. We only have 52 Sundays a year. Add it up. Are you balanced in your attendance to church? Are you a once a monther? You know, a friend of mine paid $5,000 to a church growth expert. $5,000. I asked him how much he paid. He said $5,000. I said, already you need help. Nobody worth $5,000 to tell me what God already told me. But he wanted to get some help. He was growing mega church. He said, uh, "said what did the what did the expert tell you?" He said, "The expert said we were counting wrong all these years. When it comes to attendance, we were counting every person that came every week. He said we were counting wrong. We should count if somebody comes once a month or once every other month. Uh, said should count them in your account." I said, I count them in the kingdom of God going to heaven, maybe, but I may not count them in the attendance of God going to Old Grove. You got to get a clue, man. Now, if you're working or if you're out and you can't be there, that's a whole other story. Is everybody with me? But if you're staying home three weeks and watching Dynasty. Oh, I wish somebody helped me preach. Watching whatever you want and doing whatever you want. Oh, I watched it online. Well, that's great. I looked and Ethan told me how long people are staying online. The average person stays online to watch our services 30 seconds. 30 seconds, and they're gone. They'll tell the pastor they watched it online. You can lie to the man of God, but you can't lie to the God of the man. Yeah. And the reason the Israelites love to go to the house of God is because they love the God of the house. Do you understand? Going to church is not something that makes you a believer. You go because you love the one you believe. It's desire. My heart and my flesh cry out to you, the living God. They long for God. And this is how we should feel about church. We ought to be glad to be here. We ought to want to be in his presence, in his temple, in his, with his people, hearing his word. Verse 3 appears they were envious of the birds in the courtyard who lived in God's house. To be near your altar, O oh God, is a beautiful thing. Just to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord in the house of the Lord. Oh, I wish I could be in God's house every day. And what are you chasing after? What is satisfying you? Money? What are you doing so busy that you can't go to God's house? Are you shopping? Are you hunting? Are you fishing? What are you? I'm not saying all those things are bad. You want to miss something, go to church and put it on the uh, recorder. You can go back and watch it later. But it's only one time to be in the house of the Lord with those people on that day. You never know what day God's going to show up. The reason I used to hate to miss church, Mac, is because as soon as I go on vacation or miss a service, I come back and they said, man, did God move in the house of the Lord. I thought maybe I was a hindrance. Get the hindrance out of the way and the glory of God comes, right? But uh, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid we might miss something because God is so blow your mind. The unexpected, how I love verse 10. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wicked people. One thing that was encouraging, they didn't just shut down the church, they shut down the stadiums. Fear so gripped our nation, and rightly so, I understand, that they they forego billions of dollars 
How many know it's a serious pandemic if you're going to forgo sports in America? So we understood that. But how many know it's not like it's not like uh, we don't know now, and the vaccine's coming out. Some of you say I ain't taking that. Friend of mine's taking it. He has to. I said I will watch your life for two weeks and then I might take it. <laughs> if he falls over, I'm not taking it, y'all. I'm not taking it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, Lord of hosts. God, look at this. Look at this. Why did they say he'd rather be in in a doorkeeper? A doorkeeper. I don't even have to go in. If I can just be a doorkeeper at the house, if I can just open the door. Brother Shields, Sister Shields, if I can just open the door at the house of the Lord, I'd rather do that than than, than anything else. Because I'm with God. I'm God's house, with God's people. Powerful. Why? Because God's gifts are the greatest. He is our sun and shield. That is our light and our protection. Psalm 27, first part. He is my light and my salvation. He's my sun. He's my protection. He's my shade in the day. He's my fire to warm me at night. He is my protector. He is my shepherd. He is my God. My God, my living God. He is our sun and shield. He gives us honor and favor. That's the rest of the story. That's the rest of the story. What do you want for Christmas? Pastor Ron loved to have honor and favor from the Lord. How about you? It comes to those who walk uprightly. In fact, he says, he says this, for God will, will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. And then verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. It's worth it. How many believe that? It's worth going to church. It's worth raising your kids in church, your grandkids in church. Long for God's presence. Travel, no matter how distant you have to go to get there, get to God's house. Get there. If you have to take a bus, get there. If your car broke down, get there. If you need to get us to get the van to get you, get there. Because it's that, it's that important. I would travel anywhere to be in the presence of the Lord. When the move of God happened in Pensacola, Florida, they traveled there from around the world. When the move of God happened at Azusa Street in California, they traveled there from around the world. Why? Why? Because to be in the presence where the power and presence and glory of God is, is worth it. No telling what God can do. Notice verse 1, verse 3, verse 8, verse 12 say, Lord Almighty, Jehovah Sabaoth, Lord of God's army. God's got an army. I said God's got an army. Protecting and leading and guiding those who walk uprightly. He has, he has dwelt, you know, if you don't get the whole thing, come, come back to the altar, please, Taylor, Chrissy, and the band. Uh, if you don't get the whole process, the arch of God from Genesis to Revelation, understand this. In the beginning, God wanted a people for his name. That's what happened. And the world got wicked. Their hearts were desperately wicked, Genesis chapter 6. And he sent a flood to destroy the whole earth. The whole earth. I mean, no judgment comes to rebellious people. But there was a righteous family who found favor in the eyes of the Lord, Noah. Only eight people got saved. I don't call that a mega church. Now realize the capacity and the potential for everybody in the known world to get on that boat. But only eight people got on. Are you hearing me? It's not that God wouldn't save them. They didn't want to be saved. They actually mocked the man of God preaching the righteousness. For 120 years he preached. Then the rain came. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all hearing the story? And then God wanted to speak to his people, so he wanted to create a nation, so he called a man by the name of Abraham. And Abraham talked with God, like Adam did. But it wasn't enough. God wanted a people. So he calls a man by the name of Moses. And he gives him instruction to make a tabernacle where his, his glorious presence could rest amongst the people of God. And all the tribes, 12 tribes of Israel, they camped out all north, south, east, and west, all the way around the tabernacle. They camped out. Where any way you would look, you'll open your doors in the morning, you see the house of the Lord. And the glory of God shining bright in the middle of it. 
that wasn't enough. He wanted to get the temple of God. David wanted to build a house for the Lord. David loved the Lord. He wanted to build a house for the Lord. He just built himself a big old house. Started getting convicted. Said, uh, I have this big old palace and the Lord has nothing but a tent. David said, I want to build the Lord a house. And the Lord said, you can't do it because you have blood on your hands. So, but your son Solomon can do it. Make sure you get it done right. And David gave Solomon all he needed. Can I tell you what I'm challenging you to do is give your children and your grandchildren everything they knew, need to do to keep the house of the Lord open. It's imperative. We can't lose the house of God. They lost in Shaphan, the high priest. Remember, they lost the word of God inside the house of God. They let the house of God go so bad. And then, you know, the, the story of Ezekiel. And the glory of the Lord departed. Ichabod was written over the temple door. Ichabod. Kabod means the glory of God, the weighty presence of God. Ichabod means no glory. No glory. You know the story. 400 years later, a little baby boy was born in Bethlehem. How many know Jesus came at the right time, the right place, with the right answer? And the glory of God dwelt in in a little boy John 1 1 and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us hello how many know it's Christmas season is on us that's the glory of Israel that's what Simeon said and then Acts chapter 2 they had Herod's temple then Acts chapter 2 the church really began and they met in houses and they met here and there some met in synagogues but the church was always the church and they persecuted her in the Acts chapter 2 they persecuted her and here's what I really believe it's not until she really gets pressed that she's going to shine the greatest we've become complacent the church has become complacent in America we can live with revival we can live without revival we can go to church. We can go just kind of nonchalant, just indifferent to the things of God. How many know the house of God is still a holy place? And you're still His holy people set apart for His holy work. And I just want to remind you today that He is the Lord. He dwelt as a king in Zion. He dwelt in a tent, in a temple, then in Jesus Christ forever. Today he dwells in his church, and you are the temple of the living God. So I want the church to rise up. Come on, every one of you on the balcony, on the main floor, let's rise up.